Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. Uh, I, I had something on my heart that's a little bit different as we, we just go after what I feel like God wants to do in this season. Uh, but if you're going to live life well, this is for those of you who are taking notes. If you're going to live life well, you need two things. You need appreciation and you need expectation. Uh, if you're going to live life well, you need appreciation and you need expectation. Now, one of the things that I've learned in 20 years of pastoring, 17 years of marriage, and 16 years of parenting is that oftentimes my expectation outweighs my appreciation. Uh, my expectation as far as what I want to see happen in the future outweighs my appreciation of what has happened in the present and what has happened in the past. And any time your expectation surpasses your appreciation, you're going to feel the tension in your soul. Um, You can't have more expectation than appreciation and expect to live a good life. Um, If you're going to see um, life be well, you need to have more appreciation than expectation. I gave a real life example at our Highland Colony campus. Let me hear you, Highland Colony! Uh, At our Highland Colony campus at our 830 service. Uh, For those of you who don't know, right by Costco, we have a, a, a campus there. And I preach there live when I'm in town every 8.30 service. Um, And so uh, there at the 8.30 service, there was like one section of Christmas trees over on the left that were not turned on. And of course, the expectation, like when you have service, is that everything will be turned on. But one of the things that I've noticed in pastoring a church is that very seldom do we ever have a church service where every expectation is met. Uh, Now, I don't have to tell you that. You attend the church, and there have been plenty of times where I'm sure uh, your expectation was not met. The music was too loud. The music was not loud enough. Um, you know, someone took your seat, whatever it may be. You have an expectation. That expectation is not met. Now, what happens when our expectation surpasses our appreciation? We feel the tension in our souls. So like this morning, one tree is not on, and like I could come out of place, and this has happened plenty of times to me before as a pastor, uh, is you have such high expectations, and we're going to talk about why that's important later, but you have such high expectations that you see the one expectation that is not met, and you fail to see all the things that are right. Come on, somebody. Has anybody ever had your expectation surpass your appreciation? Uh, and so you have this happen where it's like you could, you could stew on that. And I could stew on that for so, like the trees weren't on. You know, I could stew on that, major on that so much that what happens, you begin to feel it in your body. You literally begin to feel a lack of appreciation in your body because anytime you're angry and you feel it, you're depressed and you feel it, what you're doing is you're blocking out every good thing. Let me preach to this side of the room. Uh, What I'm doing when I am feeling upset is that I am blocking out literally every good thing in my life. Like I could, I could fail to see all the people who were there, this uh, facility God gave us. (laughs) 
right? Like the the amazing worship teams we have at all of our campuses, Uh, the beautiful decorations that were turned on, like all of these types of things that go right. Uh, And so what happens is, is so oftentimes in life, our expectation surpasses our appreciation. See, expectation is what takes life forward. Um, anybody who I've ever met who is successful, literally, and this is not like one of those blanket statements, I'm like, I wish I wouldn't have made a blanket statement. Uh, But this is an actual true blanket um, explanation. Anybody I've met who is successful has incredibly high standards and expectations. That's just the, the bottom line. They expect a lot out of life. They expect a lot out of God. They expect a lot out of themselves. They have very high expectations. But here's the thing I also know. The most successful people I know oftentimes are not the happiest people that I know. Um, Because expectation moves you forward, but appreciation is what fills you with joy. Appreciation is what makes you happy. And so in your life right now, and maybe some of you like in your marriages, um, you have more expectation than you have appreciation. That you think, well, they should do, and they should do, and they should do, and they should fix, and they should be mindful of this. And like, we've had this conversation before. They should be doing it. And our expectation outweighs our appreciation, and our marriages feel it. Uh, Sometimes in our relationship with our children, any of you have some expectations for your kids? Put on deodorant, somebody. That's all I ask. If you're going to ride in the car with me. Put on deodorant, Uh, you know, like uh, minor expectations. Um, And so you have all these expectations. uh, And if you have these expectations, if the expectations outweigh the appreciation where I'm not seeing what is right, if my expectations surpass my appreciation, my family will feel it. Um, in, In my job. Uh, You have expectations. Well, my job should be doing A, B, C, D for me. Uh, Expectations. And probably most of them, if not all of them, incredibly valid. But if I have more expectation than I have appreciation, I feel the tension of like, I can't stand this job. Uh, You know, all those types of things. Well, this is true not just for jobs and marriages and families. This is true for nations. This is true for governments. This is true for political leaders. Um, This is true for our hospitals. Um, This is true for authoritative figures in our society. Um, We have so many expectations, and we have to have those expectations because those expectations, they move the needle. It makes the marriages better. It makes the children better. It gives you something to reach for. And expectation is actually something that the Bible trains you to have. That without expectation, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so like for me and my wife, I've got expectations that like our marriage, even after 17 years, can and will get better. Can I get an amen, somebody? Uh, That we will never, ever just be living in the same house. We will have romance, and we will have adventure, and we will have deeper passion, and all those things. And I have expectations, and she should have those same things. But on that journey, if my expectation outweighs my appreciation for what is happening in my marriage right now, those expectations don't matter because we'll never get there without appreciation. You know what Thanksgiving does? Thanksgiving increases your capacity to receive. 
When you're thankful on the job, it increases your capacity to receive from the job. When you're thankful for your spouse, it increases your capacity to receive from your spouse. When you're thankful for your children, even when they forget to take out the trash, it it increases your capacity to receive from your children and for your children to receive from you. When you're thankful to God for what is happening in your life right now, you increase your capacity to receive from him. Come into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Yes, there's going to be some things we talk to God about that we need to fix, but I don't go into his gates talking about all the things I want to see happen and all the things I want to see fixed. I go into his presence with God. You have been awesome. You have been great. You have been wonderful. You have been good. You have been gracious. So I need expectation, but I also need appreciation. There's a beautiful story that I think helps us in this season so much. It's found in the book of Luke, and I'll invite you um, to go look at it. Luke chapter 17. Uh, Many of you are probably familiar with this. Uh, There are 10 lepers uh, who see Jesus, and watch how this plays out here in verse number 11. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he being Jesus, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him, and they raised their voices saying, Jesus, um, son of David, have mercy on us. So here they have an expectation. There's a healer coming, heal us. Have mercy on us. Um, And I love this next point. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. Now notice, they're asking for healing and he gave them instruction. So, so many times we're asking God for something like, God, give me a better marriage. And he gives you instruction. God, come in and like help my family. And he gives you instruction. God, heal my body. And he gives you instruction about your diet or about your health. Um, that I come to God and like, you know what we need here? Wine. We, we're run out of wine. And he gives instruction. Go fill the water pots up to the brim. And as they begin to walk out the instruction that God gives them, they begin to see God's miraculous power in their life. And this is a side note, but I just, I want to major on this. Some of you are asking God to do something in your life and you're expecting God to just drop it in your lap. But God, maybe even for the last three months, has been speaking to you by his spirit, specific instruction for you to do that. When these people did that, that's when they saw the miraculous power. They weren't immediately healed, but when they were going to show themselves to the priest, being obedient to the instruction that Jesus put in their heart, that's when they were healed and saw his miraculous power. So don't think when I'm praying to see God's power that it's not flowing. It's flowing through instruction first and results later. Oh, come on, somebody. You need to pay attention to the tension. And you need to be a hearer and a doer of the word and not just an asker of the expectation. And so here they cry out. Jesus gives them instruction. As they are instructed, they go in the power of that and and watch what happens in their lives. Um, When he saw uh, them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests, verse 14. And when they were going, they were cleansed. Now, one of them, one of them, When he saw that he had been healed, turned back. 
glorifying God with a loud voice and fell on his face at Jesus' feet. I love the beauty of this. Giving thanks unto him, and he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered and said unto him, We're not ten cleansed, but the nine, where are they? We'll come back to that. Was not um, the one who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said unto him, Stand up, your faith has made you well, your faith has made you whole. Jesus asked this question, he says, where are they? Now, that's a, a wonderful question, and to answer it, you have to think about these individuals and their present situation. Now, you can imagine waking up one day, well, honestly, I say you can imagine, I can't imagine this. Uh, you know, not in a place where I could actually feel it. But wake up one day with a disease that as soon as you realize people know you have it, you will never be able to hug your children again. Now think about that. You will never be able to kiss your spouse again. Uh, If you're single, you'll never be able to date. Uh, You'll never be able to start a family. Uh, You just lost your job too. Your house, you can't live in it. They believed in these days that leprosy was so contagious that when you contracted it, they would kick you out of the community. Can't be around friends, can't uh, go have a coffee, um, can't go on dates, um, can't have, you know, close contact with anybody, and you lose it all in an instance. Well, what would this create in your heart? Longing. Another word for longing is expectation. Um, And when they see Jesus... Um, this longing morphs into very strong expectation. They are seeing a pathway to, this is so, get this in your heart, they are seeing a pathway to all their expectations being met. That up till now, nothing in the natural can fix this mess. But when I see Jesus, I see a pathway for all of my expectations. And so what do they do? This longing turns into expectation. They're like, son of David, have mercy on us. And he does. When they follow his instruction, they see this condition be eliminated for their life. And what happens? All of them have these expectations come flooding back in. And now where are they living? They are living in the future. And so they're running after what's next. Uh, And can you blame them? Uh, Like, I've got kids I can hold again. And so they're running after the kids. I've got a job I can get again. So I'm going back to the job. I've got a spouse I can see again. So they're running after the spouse. Like, they are so excited about the next season that they are forgetting about the goodness of God in their past season because they're so looking forward to what's in their future that they aren't seeing what happened in their past. And, and out of this, um, they move past Thanksgiving. Uh, now, we just had, you know, Thanksgiving. Uh, before Thanksgiving was had, had any of you moved past Thanksgiving? Let me ask you this question. Did you watch Hallmark Christmas movies before Thanksgiving? Uh, stockings out, tree up. Any, come on, poinsettias. Like, it, it, like, you know, all these types of things. 
my son, my, my oldest, he came, and he's like, can we not just, like, move Thanksgiving up? Like, give it a little bit more breathing room? Because in our house, we couldn't decide what season we wanted it to be. So the, the living room was Christmas, but the kitchen was Thanksgiving. Uh, and so it's like, well, I have the best of both. <laughs> these types of things. And so our son was like, can we, we just, like, move Thanksgiving up a couple of weeks and give it a little bit more breathing room? Uh, Because what are we doing? Thanksgiving is a season where we focus on what we have and we give thanks for it. Christmas is a season where we have an expectation of something new. Come on, we have an expectation of something new. There's excitement of what we are going to get. What's under? It's a mystery of, of like what can happen and new stuff coming into my life. And so, like, there's this huge drive for the new that we move past Thanksgiving entirely to get to a new season instead of seeing what we have in this season. And how often times have you got the expectation and you weren't any happier the day after you got it? Because happiness is not based off of obtaining. Happiness is based off of being thankful for what you have. It is a moment where you pull back right in the middle of it like Paul and say, look, I know how to abound, but I know how to be a base too. I know how to have prosperity, but I also know how to suffer lack. In every season, I choose to give God thanks for what he has given me right now. And here's the mystery of this. When this man does this, Jesus said, you have been made whole. See, all these other lepers lived with this idea that when I get this back in my life, then I'll be happy. That when this changes, I'll be happy. And when I have this, and when this changes in my spouse, then we'll have a good marriage. When this changes in my kids, then then I... Why do we make it so difficult to be happy? And create so many rules that we can feel good. Why do you make it so hard to feel good about yourself? Because we live with, how, how often, like we do this, but how often do we do this to ourselves? So many expectations of what we should have said, what we could do, that we forget who we are. And what Thanksgiving is, is it's pulling back saying like, I know plenty of people who have gotten the very thing that you want and are no more happy than you are right now. And what Jesus is showing here is if you want to be whole, do you want to have a moment where you are whole? Do you want to have a moment where your soul is coming alive? Stop thinking about just going towards the next season and start thinking about the goodness of God that is in this season right here, right now. Now, somebody says, well, do I give up on expectation? No, you let your appreciation fuel your your thanksgiving. Uh, Because this man who is being made whole, he's got a family to connect with too. God doesn't want him to give up on that. He's He's got a job he needs to go back to too. God doesn't want him to give up on that. But God wants him moving towards those things with an atmosphere of a grateful heart because he sees just how blessed he is with what he has in his life right now. Where are the other nine? Come on, can we be a church? And can we be a body? And can we be a husband? And can we be a wife? Can we be a child that says, you know what? I know it's not where I exactly want it to be, but thank God it's not where it used to be. God has been so good. He's been so good. 
so faithful. And, and let that fuel our expectation that we come in with Thanksgiving first, that our appreciation is always higher than our expectation. And from that place of appreciation, we let it fuel our Thanksgiving. As a church, we have so much to be thankful for, of, of the goodness of God that he has shown to word of life. Uh, he has sustained us. Um, even in our most vulnerable time, uh, he sustained us. My father went home to be with the Lord. He sustained us through COVID. Uh, he blessed us through that process. We, we started COVID with one campus. We're exiting it with four. Come on, somebody. Like, God has been amazing uh, to Word of Life Church. And, and here's some things that God has done just this year. This year, we have seen 246 people get baptized. Come, come on, right? That's amazing. 246 people making a decision to just wash away and, uh, the past and show that to the world. We have seen, next one, we have seen, oh, oh come on, church, over 2,271 decisions made for Jesus in our adult sanctuaries and spaces alone. This is not through our missions programs. This is, not th- this is just in our adult spaces this year, over 2,000 decisions for Jesus. Next one, we have given over this year, we have given over $1.4 million to other ministries and to missionaries. Oh, come on, all around the world. One of the missionaries we picked up uh, texted me this morning, uh, the Bible school that we helped start and, and support monthly in Haiti. I just resumed back classes, uh, and he sent me um, the, the, these beautiful Haitian people in the classroom uh, speaking in French. I can't understand a lick of it. I have no idea what they're saying. I need someone who speaks French to interpret it for me. But just thank you to Word of Life Church in French just uh, for, for funding their ministry and helping them do that. Um, and we've been able to, this is our, the most we've ever given before. And the year's not over yet. We've given $1.4 million to missions and other ministries. Our Fondren, let me hear you, Fondren, our Fondren campus launched. And uh, we started our 6 p.m. service, which is a, a double-edged sword for me. It is the most exhausting thing I do all week. It's the funnest thing I do all week. I love the 6 p.m. service. And, you know, we started, God, God has put Jackson so big on our heart. Um, and to just move mightily and, and to be a vessel that God could flow through in that community. And uh, to see what God's doing there at our Fondren campus and to see it expanding and growing, um, it's just so exciting. And, and that was something beautiful that happened this year. Uh, next one, uh, our revival nights. Uh, some of you maybe made those, but we do those primarily at our Highland Colony campus. Um, and it's just a time where we really sense God taking us deeper spiritually. And to have moments where we could explore those things and flesh those out wonderful time in God. We did three of them, uh, three nights in a row in October and January uh, to end 21 days of prayer right in the middle of the month. We will do three nights of revival consecutively again with a prayer seminar in the morning uh, for people who want to make it. It'll be during, during the week, uh, but um, we're excited about that. We want to keep that trend going. Next up, 
Uh, we have seen over 4,600 join us each week on Fox. Uh, that is people who watch us uh, through the whole service. Uh, and so we're on Fox when the NFL is not on. Uh, and, uh, uh, they booed us. Uh, uh, not the people, uh, the network. Uh, but uh, out of that, um, when the NFL is not on, we, we see, and it's amazing to me how many people still watch cable. Um, but we see over 4,600 people engage with us in that way. It's been a great source uh, of connecting with our community. Uh, we have had over 100,000 downloads of our podcast. Um, and this is something that we've just seen grow. Of course, church is changing just like the world is changing. It's getting more digital. And so we fleshed out our campuses to, to use that. And I'm recording more content than ever with Sunday morning being practical life things, Sunday PM and staff prayer being spirit, like real deep spiritual things combined with revival nights. Um, and then coffee time centered around practical things like how to raise children and marriage and family. And then recording series, especially for our online campus, which they'll put up uh, as well. And you can sign up for our online campus at thelifeonline.cc. It's a wonderful way for you to have content for everything. And we're just getting started, uh, but our goal is, is that everything that we do, everything that we put out is on the lifeonline.cc. Um, and you can come there. It's like a Netflix-style thing where you can pick up where you left off. If you stop watching an episode, you can you know, click on it and pick up where you left off and show you the ones you already watched, like all of those types of things. And so we want to expand that and grow that. It's been absolutely amazing what God has done this year. And then last but not least, our Highland Colony renovation. If you have not seen Highland Colony, we're almost done with it, but we completely redid the outside. We painted it and we added stone and the dumpsters getting done, like all of these things, which we're incredibly excited about. It's the little things in life and the dumpster helps us significantly versus trash cans. Uh, so out of that, uh, our Highland Colony renovation it's just been so wonderful. And let me just pause right here and say every other campus but Lakeland is 100% debt free. Highland Colony, Fondren, Online, Poindexter, all debt free. Uh, so wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So here is uh, what we see has happened this year. Can we just pause at all of our campus? Can we just give appreciation to God? It's our best year ever as a church. Amazing, 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 amazing. Uh, now, when you have appreciation, you also want to let that appreciation fuel your expectation. And one of the things um, that is a scripture that's big on my heart, it's one that I end every year with, is the book of Genesis. They'll put it up on the screens. Uh, God comes to Abraham, and he says this. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, and that's a huge lesson, just in that little phrase right there. But after Lot separated from him, now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, north, south, eastward, and westward. Now notice this. Look from the place where you are. So see where you are, but now lift up your eyes and see where you could go. And I want you this year uh, to have an appreciation moment where you make an appreciation list 
of what did you learn this year? Journal. End a year with journaling. What did I learn this year? What did I experience? How did I grow? What went well? And have a moment of appreciation and thanksgiving to God. But I want you, want you to write down what you expect to happen in 2023, things you want to believe God for. Because watch what he tells him next in verse 15. For all the land which you see, not all the land that I can give you, but all the land that you see, I will give it to you and your descendants forever. So he's saying, if you can't see it from here, I can't give it to you. But if you can see it, I can give it. Now, vision is not the only thing that you need. Uh, like, it, I, I've met people and heard people talk. It's like, if you just see it, yeah, it's going to happen. It's like, no, 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 no. If you see it, you can be it, but you're going to have to add discipline to it. You're going to have to add focus. You're going to have to add some of these things, confession. Like, there's a lot you're going to have to add. But here's what I know. You could be the most talented, gifted person in the world, but without vision, you will make no progress. Um, we often will play sports here as a staff, and whenever I play volleyball, if it's outside, I always line up the other team where their eyes are in the sun. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and, and the reason why is there's some athletic people over there, but none of your athleticism matters if you can't see the ball when it comes. <laughs> and so it doesn't matter how, get this in your heart, it does not matter how gifted you are. If you can't see what is coming next, you will miss it every single time. Um, you've got, without expectation, you cannot please God. We are called to live by faith, die in faith. Like whatever is not of faith is sin. We are to see the miracle. And I want to encourage you in your life, see what's next. Let your appreciation fuel your expectation. Uh, in marriage, what things need to be established next? With your kids, what things need to be established next? You need expectation. For us as a church, when I look up at the future, I'm 39. I fully intend to pastor to 60. Uh, after that, uh, we'll see. Um, I, I really have it on my heart to just impart to pastors and to raise up pastors. And the only way to make a minister is to give ministry away. Uh, so if you like me, great. I, I can guarantee you at least another 21 years. Uh, but out of that, at that point, I may uh, give uh, things to the next generation and let, let me just empower them. Um, I've been meditating on John a lot. If I have to decrease so another anointing can increase, life's not all, always about increase. It's about being faithful. Uh, and doing what God has called you to do. But when I look over the next 20 years, here's some of the, not all of them, but some of the things that I see. Um, I see our Poindexter campus opening. Now, this is taking a little bit longer than I want, but next year, uh, for sure, <laughs> at some point, hopefully in the first quarter, Poindexter will open. We've got about three hundred and fifty dollars to $450,000 we're going to invest in it. Uh, you know my heart. When we do something, we have certain expectations and standards. Um, and I want to give that community a place that when they walk into it, vision comes alive. Um, and something that when they see it, they see what can be right there. 
Um, and so out of that, I, I just can't wait to see how God's going to move there. We've got a great launch team going there. We've got great campus pastors who are going there. Uh, but that's for sure next and what happened at the start of that. Um, the next thing that, that we see is we need to expand Highland Colony. Highland Colony is growing. It's got a fantastic location right by Costco in Ridgeland. Um, there's so much activity in and around that area. Uh, and we have about 12 acres of land that's more than enough room to expand and grow. Uh, it needs a foyer. It needs a cafe. Uh, it needs a new sanctuary. Um, and then the conversion of existing spaces into to child care. Um, and so out of that, we see um, that that's one of the projects that we want to get done. We want to design that, and we want to expand that. Next, uh, we see a Lakeland internship in Bible school. Uh, this, I've had multiple prophecies, and I see it in my heart as well, that at some point, this will not just be a church, it will be a campus uh, where people are being trained and equipped, um, ministers um, trained and equipped to start ministries. My goal is at that point in my life when this happens to be 100% debt-free and to give them the startup cost to plant churches and missions works all over the, the world. We want to change the landscape of heaven by training up laborers and then equipping them with generosity to get a head start, to be the John to their Jesus, to pave the way so that they can go further faster. Um, and so out of that, uh, we'll do that with people that we meet, but we'll also do that with people that we raise up uh, through our internship in Bible school. Uh, next, here at Lakeland, we have about 45 acres. We want to see uh, sports fields developed. Uh, I don't know if you've known this, but sports are growing, especially youth sports. And if people want to take their kids to sports on Sundays, you know, that's, that's something we can talk about and discuss about priorities and that kind of thing. I fully understand it. I have an athlete um, who did all those things. And so, but out of that, we want to attack that and meet kids right where they are at. And it's like, if you're going to do sports, let's do some of them on church grounds with Christian coaches, with programs uh, that pause to teach you uh, really great things. So a basketball court, soccer field, we'll see what else. But uh, we want to flesh that out with a youth facility to really capture the next generation. How many of you think we need the next generation of kids to know the movement of the spirit, how to use their faith, how to forgive? So we're going after. We're going after our youth. Um, then we want to see missions works overseas. Now, this is not just planning mission works or, or like funding missions works overseas. I want to start mission works overseas. I want to buy the property, and I want every person there to be an employee of this ministry. Why? So they don't have to fundraise. We will fundraise for them. I will fundraise for them. I will believe God financially for them. Um, and they'll have retirement and consistent pay. Um, and out of that, they can focus on the, the thing that I want our campus pastors focused on, and that is establishing the kingdom of God in the community that they are in. Um, amen. And so out of that, some of those uh, we may merge with and they come, and then others we may start through the Bible school and things like that, but I see that. Next thing. Uh, if we have one, yes. Fondren, a more permanent space. Uh, we need to see uh, Fondren have a permanent space. Right now, it is set up and tear down. Fondren volunteers, you are amazing. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Uh, at our other campuses, they're locked in. Your seats are here every Sunday. With Fondren, uh, we have to put them up, take them down, all those types of things. So we would like to get a permanent space. 
Our Fondren space in Dooling Hall, where we meet, um, has a, a two years left on the lease at the end of this year. We'll carry that through. Um, and out of that, we'll see what's next. It could be getting a longer-term lease. It could be getting a property. It could be a church given to us. Uh, it's happened twice. Uh, so, so out of that, you never know. Uh, but we'd like to get a permanent space for that. Uh, and then lastly, the Poindexter Expansion of Ministry. We really see that being an area of outreach. And we've looked at dream centers and things like that. We see doing something akin to that, where there's job opportunity centers and uh, addiction and rehab programs and battered women's shelters and um, a place for parolees to come and, and, you know, be able to get... There are people literally in prison right now. For, they've served their term. They just don't have a parole address. Um, being a part of the answer to that. How many of you think the church should be a part of the answer to that? Um, We will never complain more than we are willing to do something about it. Um, And so out of that, we just see what we're doing is like a starting place that just expands and grows. So these are things that we want to do, and I plan on doing before age 60, um, as well as planning other campuses and other types of things. Uh, but here is, is my point, is over the last two years, we have seen our online campus fleshed out. We have seen Highland Colony given to us. It paid for. It renovated. Fondren started. Uh, Poindexter given to us. Debt for, uh, we paid off the debt. We're remodeling it. Um, the 450000 to 350000 we'll put on it. We'll not even take up an offering for that. Um, those types of things. We have done all that because we are financially strong. But we have also done all that with 5.5 million of debt still on this facility. Now, can you imagine what we would be able to do with Lakeland being debt-free? Now, think about that. We've done that. Can you imagine what we would be able to do for the kingdom of God debt-free? And the reality is is that Lakeland will be debt-free. It's already signed, sealed, and delivered in my heart. Um, to give you an idea, this facility, when we, uh, when we started it, um, um, phase two was $18.6 million. Over so the span of four years, that's gone all the way down to $5.5 million. So, in my heart, it is done. Uh, but uh, I also believe that we live in a time where we need to accelerate and that this is a time to aggressively believe God. And I've had in my heart for like a year now, something big is about to happen for our church. I believe something big is going to happen spiritually, like signs, wonders, miracles, that kind of thing. Genuinely, genuinely, something big is going to happen. Uh, But I also sense even in the financial realm, and of course we've already seen big things happen with three churches given to us. (laughs) So so, uh, don't get me wrong, like, um, but I just sense something big is going to happen that just accelerates that. But here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to be a part of that. And I know right now in the middle of this season, you got everything asking for your money. I get it. I'm a father. um, I'm a husband. I'm a grandson. I get what it takes to put on Christmas. Um, But I also know that before I'm any of those things, I'm a Christian. And I want my heart centered around Christ at every season, but I also want the heart of my family to be centered around Christ this season as well. 
And this is why we do the big give at the end of the year. It's not for final year tax donations, <laughs> like all those types of things. It's fine. If you're in Germany and you, I don't know if they do that in Germany, but wherever, if you need a place to make a tax donation, feel free to pay off the building. Um, but like out of that, um, you know, it's not about genuinely those things. It's us coming and saying, we don't have a major need. We're doing all these things, and, and honestly, we're doing it easily. Uh, we are well supplied because of your, your generosity. And that's why we don't pass buckets. We don't have to. Your heart for this house and your heart for the kingdom uh, is proven every month. Every campus, every month. Your heart for the house, your heart for the ministry, your heart for Jesus is proven every month. This is something where we come together as a church at the end of every year to join up and do something together that we never could do apart. And to come in, and I want you to add your supply financially. I want you to get behind this with whatever the Holy Spirit puts on your heart. Whatever the Holy Spirit puts on your heart, I want you to get behind this. But I want you to get behind this with your faith as well. I want you to begin hooking up with us and say something big is about to happen for Word of Life. Lakeland is debt-free in Jesus' name. It is progressing and moving. This vision is expanding and growing. Because I do believe that what we... What, look at what God has done at all of our campus, wherever, whichever one you're at. Look, just look around at what God has done. All the diversity, all the ages, all the people. What special places God, God has given us, not just physically, but in every way, spiritually. Uh, why? There's something we're supposed to do that's bigger than what we've done. I can sense it. I hear the sound in my heart. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. There's something bigger than what we've done up to this point. And I'm asking you to come alongside of us and to accelerate this vision. Because I believe Jesus is coming back soon, and I want him to come back seeing us do everything possible to hasten his coming. Let's pray today. Father, we come before you. We love you. We honor you. At all of our campuses, Father, we want to end this service with just thanksgiving and praise. We want to end this service just in your presence. And so, Father, we, we ask you in the name of Jesus that you would just fill our auditoriums with your presence and let us come into a place where we are able to give thanks and praise. Father, we give you glory for what you have done in our lives and families. And we give you glory for what you will do in our church and in our lives. Father, you are so good to us. And your mercy, it endures forever and ever. And we ask it all, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. At all of our campuses today, let's stand our feet. And no matter where we're at, let's end today with just giving God the thanks and praise that he so richly deserves.
Let's just bow our heads today. If you're here and you just say, I need to see God's power in my life, just uh, open up your hands and just surrender to the Lord today. It could be something going on mentally. It could be something going on financially. It could just be a time of need for you. Whatever it may be, something going on relationally. Father, I thank you right now. That is who you are. You are a miracle worker and you are a way maker. And Father, I thank you for every hand that is lifted. Just as those lepers cried out to you, Father, I thank you. We cry out to you and we say, have mercy on us, Father. And we thank you that whether it's a miracle or instruction that leads to a miracle, right now we open up our hearts, we open up our minds, and we open up our lives to receive it. And Father, we thank you that we will not be the same any longer. That you end this year with an exclamation point of your goodness and your grace.